lights, darkness, a weird tree, and, well, everything. It's the Rhyme and Reason Podcast, episode 172. There's a rhyme and reason for your life. There's a rhyme and reason why you're here. Give your time and season to the one who wrote your rhyme. Your rhyme and reason. Your rhyme and reason. Your rhyme and... Hey there, Tony here. Yeah, there really is a rhyme and reason to life, and uh, I'm going to get into some of that today. I'm just going to get right into it, because I got some uh, scientific stuff. Hope you don't mind some scientific stuff from a rhyme and reason kind of guy. Have you ever heard about the evolutionary tree of life? You know, the one that Darwin came up with that said that all things had a common ancestor and all that. Well, uh, I like what... Dr. Walt Brown said about it. He said that evolutionary tree of life has no trunk. And of course, that made me think, well, you know, how do you grow a tree without a trunk? And the short answer is you don't. Without a trunk, a tree has no roots. And without roots, well, there can be no tree. But Tony, you say, what, what does an actual tree have to do with the evolutionary tree of life? Well, thanks for asking. It's important to use the analogy that evolutionists have used in order to illustrate and debunk their lame and feeble theory. And it is very lame. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why I could go into, uh, or how I could go into how lame it is. But I'm going to go into just a couple of them here today, because this is pretty important. This is, this is your life we're talking about, you know? And uh, it was earlier... Uh, yesterday, I think it was, or the day before, just uh, sort of by accident, I happened uh, upon a an audio and video of George Carlin. You remember him? George Carlin was uh, unfortunately quite a fool, but he was talking about the Christian faith and calling it science fiction. Now, unfortunately, George probably now knows, and maybe all too well, how untrue and, and unfounded that claim is. He's no longer living here on planet Earth. And uh, after listening to some of those vitriol babblings about religion and God, I'm inclined to believe he will most likely exist in a terrible place forever with his own words uh, echoing in his head. And let me say right off, it doesn't bring me any pleasure to say that. It just appears to be true. Well, the irony in calling Christianity science fiction is how many of the fathers of science were deep-rooted Christians who gave credit for their discoveries to their Creator. They believed in their Creator. They trusted in Him, and they gave credit for being able to even discover the things they discovered to God. And passages in the Bible describe Earth's formation in details that... uh, correlate with what we actually can see. And evolution makes things up as it goes. And uh, the evidence just doesn't back it up. For example, uh, you maybe have heard of the Cambrian explosion. Evolution talks about that. And uh, what's considered to be the base of the evolutionary tree of life is described as an explosion of life forms coming on the scene all at once. And... uh, 
that scientist and former evolutionist I mentioned a couple minutes ago, Dr. Walt Brown, he shares some valuable insight on that. He said, almost all of today's plant and animal phyla, including flowering plants, vascular plants, and vertebrates, appear at the base of the fossil record, at the base. And he goes on to say that uh, even more complex phyla like fish, coral, and sponges also appear at the bottom of the fossil record with no evidence whatsoever of gradual development. So simply put, the fossil record does not support evolution. In other words, like I mentioned before, the evolutionary tree of life has no trunk. What well, rhymes with trunk? Debunk. <laughs> when the tree ain't got no trunk, time to think about what you thunk. Because that theory got nowhere else to go. No explosion made us all or this big blue earthly ball. God designed us just in case you want to know. How's that for a little rhyme to go with that reason? Have you ever uh, thought about where everything came from? And have you ever wondered why it's so difficult to, for so many to admit that all things were created by a creator? It's, it's pretty simple, really. When you look at a building, you, what? You automatically know that someone built it, right? Or when you spot a painting on a canvas, immediately you know that someone painted it. And when you're driving somewhere in your car, you have no question in your mind of how cars got here, right? You just simply know someone built it. So why do you suppose it's so difficult for so many people to look at the complexity and variety of life on our planet and admit all things were created by a creator? I mean, it seems to me to be simple logic. You see creation and you know there must have been a creator. Well, have you ever thought about or read about the complex design in your eyes? This is a real good example. They're far more, far more complex than any building, painting, or car you're ever going to see. And yet, so many people blindly believe, yeah, pun intended, that they just happened by chance. Your eyes just happened by chance. Like everything else in the world. Well, here's an example of what I mean. Each of your eyes has a muscle known as the superior oblique muscle. And it's attached to the top of the eye and, here's the key, threaded through a tiny sling. And that tiny sling is known as the trochlea. So why does the muscle go through that sling instead of just attaching directly to the forward part of your eye? Well, it solves space requirements and it improves things like angle of torque. And uh, you know what? Those are design considerations. Uh, accidents don't consider things like, uh, you know, economy of motion and angle of torque. Evolution or natural selection would require at least a little bit of the design to already be working in order to evolve further. And that just makes no sense. Well, here's the key. Here's the key takeaway. I'm going to knock somebody in the head with this, I, I'm sure, but here's is. All things were created by Jesus. Uh-oh. <laughs> yep. I know I just said something offensive. And, and uh, 
It's probably a, a silly, outdated, and dogmatic notion to believe the whole world was created by a science fiction character named Jesus, right? Uh, no, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's a silly, outdated, and dogmatic notion to believe all the complexity in the universe evolved from nothing. You can't get everything from nothing. No matter how much you might want it to be true, it just isn't possible. Even if you believe all you can know is what your five senses tell you, none of your five senses will detect something from nothing. Logic and reason, which are not part of your five senses, by the way, will lead you to conclude design implies a designer. And yes, I said I'll go out on a limb and call that designer Jesus. Okay. Now, like I started out saying, it's simple, really. Unless you don't want uh, to answer to your creator. That's not you, is it? I mean, if you trust in your creator, he answers for you. Man, there's a line to, uh, a couple of lines to a song that say, You want to live the way you want to live. You want to be your own king. You think you're wise enough to rule your world and handle everything. Well, that's from... You just don't get it. Don't you think you should think about it? 
trust in the one who gives it to you and trust that he's got uh, eternity written on your heart if you'll just open up your heart and read it you could be a light that shines in the darkness and i'd like to end this podcast with this uh with this message about light shining in the darkness you ever notice how even a tiny match uh, shines in the darkness. You can see it from hundreds of yards away. In times of war or you know, like during acts of espionage, people have lost their lives because of one tiny light. And I'm not exaggerating. And many lives have been saved by one small light shining in the darkness. Light is extremely important. And one light is more important than all the others. The one containing the life of all mankind. I mentioned him before. Now, imagine for a moment that you're light and everyone else is darkness. Now, nobody likes it when you enter the room and, and uh, they run for cover as fast as they can. They can't wait for you to leave so they can get back to what they were doing in the comfort of their so-called privacy. You're just not welcome in their world because you uncover and illuminate everything. Nothing and no one can hide, and it doesn't matter that you're trying to make it easy for them to see. All they know is you're the reason they can't secretly do anything they want. Well, that's what light does. Light shines in the darkness, and darkness disappears. The light of life is Jesus, the one I talked about before. He's the one that I was just describing. He's the one that I was asking you to imagine yourself to be. And he came into this dark world as a light to shine the way to eternal life. And the religious leaders of the day, as, as well as secular rulers, were deeply, and I mean deeply, offended by his teachings and claims. I mean, after all, they put him to death. Their beliefs and traditions were darkness compared to his light, and they hated him for exposing their hypocrisy to the people. 
Well, that's what truth and light do. They expose lies and they make darkness disappear. When you choose to trust and follow Jesus, you're supposed to become an extension of his light. And and in fact, you're called to be salt of the earth, that's a quote, and light of the world. That's another quote, both from the Bible. Now, what does salt do? Salt causes thirst. Are you the kind of salt that makes people thirst for truth? Hmm. And uh, light, it's necessary for life. You ever notice that? Plants die if they don't get enough light. Uh, Are you the kind of light that shines the way to eternal life? When you share your salt and light, um, you will offend a lot of people. But you might also help save some. And the few who are saved are more than worth the many who run for cover when your light shines in the darkness. So be a light shining bright in a dark, dark world. And be salt that brings on abiding thirst. When you shine, really shine, darkness disappears. You can do what your Creator did first. That's it for the Rhyme and Reason podcast this week. I want you to go out there and be light. This world is getting pretty darn dark. And it could use as many lights as possible. So if you're willing... Go out and shine a little light on somebody today, right? Would you do that for me? And if you did, uh, tell me what happened, whether it was bad or good. Sometimes it's going to not be so good. I'll let you know that. And thank you so much for sharing the rhymes and reasons with your friends and family. Uh, Like I said last episode, the podcast is growing. And this month, it has um, grown by... 50%, I would say, somewhere in that neighborhood, in that range. And it's because you're out there willing to help me. You're willing to share this with friends and family and and tell them, hey, there's a guy over here sharing some rhymes and reasons and songs, and he's not not totally boring (laughs) or something like that. So let's stay connected, okay? If you haven't already, join my Rhyme and Reason Club. When you do, you get free music and a book for some kids and You also can get my uh, 18 books for kids on uh, Amazon.com or Smashwords.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast, and I could sure use your review. Um, iTunes uh, ranks you up there better, and then I can get more ears when I have that. So that would help me out a lot, and I I would certainly appreciate it, and it's free. (laughs) So you can also subscribe to Google Play. Uh, to the podcast on Google Play. And as always, you can connect with me on my my business side on LinkedIn. You can circle me on Google Plus for those of you who still do that. You can follow me on Twitter and hear the tweet tweets. You can watch my videos on YouTube and find me on the little blue network known as Facebook. And uh, I appreciate everything that you're willing to share uh, because it means the world to me. It's This is a, I can't even say it's a labor of love. I just enjoy doing this, sharing all this stuff with you. I I love doing it. And um, so anyway, I hope you are enjoying it even a tenth as much as me. And uh, I guess I'll just close out with that. Thank you so much again. And this is Tony until next time saying, may God bless you and keep you. There's a